0: Well, welcome to uh, our worship night. If you're here for the first time, I just want to uh, welcome you for the first time. This is a very unusual first-time experience if you're coming tonight. Um, we kind of amp it up. Things are, you know, everything's on steroids in the spirit tonight, and, and um, our expectations are high. Amen? Amen, 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 amen. amen, amen. Um, before I get going, I'm going to give a word on worship. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about um, how to have intimacy with God because it's just something that, you know, I've been praying about uh, this message for probably a couple months now and uh, just kind of people struggle with real intimacy. I think we struggle with that and that's really what worship can help us with and and, um, protect and our relationship with him. But um, let's just pray for a second. Can we do that? Amen. 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 Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. We've, we've lifted up our, our, our praise and our worship to you, God, and we've cast our cares on you as well. In this season, Lord, that we're in right now in our church, just this, this time where we kind of set things right, we've reset things that were off. I pray, Lord God, that we would not lose what we've gained. We maintain what we've obtained. We go forward from here, not backwards, God. I just pray that. You know, we're gonna, many of us are going to go out and we're going to celebrate you know, the breaking of a fast, but I pray, Lord, that we not lose the benefits of the fast yes. in the process. Yes. That we not let go of all the incredible blessings yes. right. that have come f- through and from this time where we've disconnected from the world and we've connected to God more. I pray, Lord God, we continue in our journey, continue in our spiritual development and maturation. We move forward, God, in the Spirit. We become more and more sons and daughters led by the Spirit, not our flesh, not our loins, not our lusts, not not the different allurements of the world, God, but we're led by the Spirit, God. Teach us, Lord, how to do that. Teach us in worship how to do that. Teach us in worship how to do that. Teach me, teach us how to worship better. Because it's the, it's the fuel for the fire, the fire of God in our lives. Thank you for every person that's here. I don't believe it's an accident. I ask your spirit just be here so strong. Actually increase while I speak, Holy Spirit. Increase. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much, God. Amen and amen. It's good to be able to take your time in church. Normally I have to count down in my face, and uh, this is nice. I'll probably be on time today because I don't have a countdown in my face. <laughs> <laughs> amen. Well, listen, um, I, I, again, I want to talk to you a little bit about worship. And um, how many are just so grateful for our worship team, huh? I'm just telling you, I'm so grateful. You know, we get to enjoy the presence of God every single week and experience and encounter such excellence. Um, but I, I do know that um, our, our team, and, and I believe you're, you're this way as well, uh, we're not performers, you know. We just, we give our best to God and then we just expect Him to do the rest. And, and I just want to encourage you, never become um, in love. We don't worship worship, We worship God. And and it's easy sometimes to forget that, and it's easy to fall in love with things, and and hopefully we can distinguish between, um, you know, performance and presence, and just some kind of a solical high or some kind of emotional high, and the actual tangible presence of God, and and that's what I hope we can we can talk about a little bit tonight. Amen. If you want, you can get your Bibles out if you have them, or your 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 digital phones, your digital Bibles out as you want if you want as well. And uh, I'm gonna in a second turn to uh, Matthew chapter eleven, verse twenty-five. Matthew eleven, twenty-five. Um I'll Bible thump a little bit and you don't have to do all these things, but um it, it sometimes is good to engage because you might have some notes here for later. How many of you uh have kids? Want kids? Anybody? Anybody? Want to get rid of your kids? Anybody want to get rid of your kids? Okay, all right. So, (laughs) well, I I know that in um, times past, you know, some wonderful aspects of having children is uh, when when our kids uh, call to us when they're little. They call us into their room when they're small and they, you you know, daddy, you know, daddy, you know. And then I can remember coming in the room, and then they go, "Hi, daddy <laughs> you know and you 're supposed to be asleep right now honey you 're supposed to be going to bed right now and but it was you know you just got you just got lured in by that that little sweet little thing, you know sucking you in with all her manipulations <laughs> and uh and you know, and you know, sometimes when they when they're capable and they get out of their bed, you know, and they come to you and they and they pursue you, you know, they pursue you. It's a beautiful thing. And and they, you know, I I, I have uh, three daughters. I have four daughters now. Uh, um, and I used to love it when my my little girls would come to me, and then they would just just you know just take over. They just get in my lap, you know, and they just whatever I was doing, they get right in my viewfinder. Do you know what I mean? Like. They're right up here in your buffer zone. You know, hey, Dad, you just, there's nothing else going on but me right now. Are you, uh, how you doing? You know what I mean? Uh, one of the most, you know, common stories I tell um, is when I was doing business and I was in the bedroom on a cell phone and, and it was a serious conversation and Madison was trying to get my attention. She kept calling to me and I, I wasn't paying attention and I was ignoring her. And so she, ca- she came right in the room. She jumped up on the bed. She straddles my waist and while I'm on the phone, she grabs my cheeks, and I said, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll, can you just hang on just a second, Madison, what do you want, honey? And she goes, how about we make a kiss? <laughs> you know? I'm like, dude, I'm going to have to call you back, you know? <laughs> and, and, you know, in that moment, you know, I just loved her. I just, you just, you got me. You got me. What do you want? You know what I mean? Rub my head, I am genie in the lamp right now. You can have whatever you stinking want, right? And, and it wasn't a letter. It wasn't, you know, a, a text message. It wasn't a shout from way down in the basement. Dad, get out here. No, no, no. There was a pursuit of a child to a parent, right? And, and, and I know you get where I'm going, but I believe God is like that. I think... There's times where he wants us to pursue him, and he wants us to pursue him a certain way. Turn to your neighbor and say, a certain way. A certain way. In other words, and you can write this down, approach is a key to worship. Approach is a key to worship. We'll talk about some keys tonight. Approach is a key to worship. See, we sometimes want to get in our head about something that's supposed to be in our heart. When it comes to worship, A lot of times we're up in our head, but you really need to be in your heart. Worship doesn't work if you're all in your head. Worship doesn't, the the benefits of worship don't happen if you're all in your head. In fact, and this is a phrase I wrote, the Bible tells us this, and I'm going to give you the phrase, and then I'll give you the scripture in Matthew 11. Intimacy with God, I wrote this down, is not so much a result of our intellect, but our interaction. See, we think it's something we can understand. Worship's not necessarily, I don't understand everything that happened when Madison got on my lap. But man, I like the interaction. I like, I liked, I liked the experience of it. I like the benefits. I love how I felt. I love how she, I know she felt. As a result of that, is everybody tracking with me? In Matthew chapter 11, verse 25, it says this At the time Jesus prayed this prayer, he said, Oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever, intellectuals, intelligent, and for revealing them to the childlike. Some secrets to worship. Want to talk about secrets like we did this morning? Secrets to worship are childlikeness. In your encounter with God, you know, for 21 days, prayer and fasting, seeking the Lord every day, be careful it doesn't become religious at the expense of being childlike. That's what can happen sometimes. We lose our innocence in the process of filling our intellect. We lose just the the beautiful essence of, of being with, not just learning from, listening to, God. It's about being with Him. It's about intimacy with God. It's beautiful. You know, He says He's hidden these things. What did He hide in Matthew? I'm not entirely sure what He hid, but the context of the Scripture might, if you look at other things within the full council of the scriptures here all and around it and everything that's going on. There was miracles, there was revelation, there was relationship perhaps. But it's safe to say, it's pretty confident to say that it it was their intelligence, their intellect, their brain that was blocking their blessing. It's safe to say that. Some of you, when it comes to worship, in your private life and therefore then later in your public life are missing the blessing because your brain is blocking you from the blessings of worship. Worship is an opportunity to set aside our pursuit of knowledge to pursue a person. Never mind all that business deal you got going on right now, Daddy. I'm here right now. How about we make a kiss? Are you guys tracking with me out there? And so Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy, and he's trying to correct the religious legalism, and he's kind of stirring the pot a little bit, and he's, he's showing that approach is, is so important that in order for us to encounter him and experience him, we have to get our approach right. Not too long ago, uh, after a service, a, a guy said to me, he said, Pastor, um, I really, really like going here. I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it, but... Uh, and, and, I, and I want to, he said this, he said, I know your names connect, and I want to connect. I really, really want to, but I'm struggling. I'm having a hard time to connect. And so I basically unpacked kind of these things real fast with him, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unravel them, some things that I said to him, okay? So here's kind of like four keys to intimacy with God. The first one is, and it's no surprise, this isn't going to blow anybody's minds, but some of the points inside of them will, but love God with your whole heart. Remember, it's not about your head, it's about your heart. Um, some giving, some, uh, some worship doesn't even start in the worship service, everybody. Some worship, worship is more of a lifestyle than anything. Worship is, is about our giving. If you want to receive a lot from worship, You want to be giving a lot before worship or as worship would be a better way to say that. In fact, in marriage... In the, in the in the covenant of marriage between a husband and wife our treasures our possessions uh, everything we have is supposed to be is supposed to be joined together or it's supposed to be joined together oftentimes it's not right it's supposed to be in marriage what's mine is thine Stacy and I have nothing separated we don't have we don't have separation now I know some people have we're in a we're in a new world and new ways of thinking but can I just suggest to you that sometimes that separation is what's creating a breach in intimacy because this, everything is not shared. Everything is not, in a sense, naked and open. I will say this when I'm doing a wedding, but everything from my checkbook to Facebook is an open book to my wife. And that's why intimacy is stronger because of that. That's why trust, she has more trust, and I have more trust of her because, because we gave everything to each other. We, didn't have the, we, didn't have, we don't have any prenuptial agreements right? We, we, we probably, most of us would agree in this room that prenuptial agreements in marriage probably not a good idea and certainly frowned upon when we look at the Word of God and His view of covenant, right? But we do that sometimes in worship. We don't give everything over to God, but we want all of the benefits of God. And so your attitude should be to, to give God everything you are. To give him your whole heart. Every, this is about an attitude. Your attitude is everything is his if he wants it. The house, the car, definitely the kids. <laughs> there should be no prenuptial agreements. Things and people ahead of Jesus. Listen, things ahead and people ahead of Jesus will disrupt intimacy with God. Why? Because he has to be first, right? He has to be in the first position. I can't say to my kids and to my wife, Daddy's going to pay the bills for this other family over here, but I'm still your dad over here. No, 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 no. I need to invest in this over here. I need to give to this over here for this to be successful, for there to be uh, true, true um, uh, intimacy. And so they'll soon, if I did something and I put my giving someplace else, they would soon question uh, my devotion to them. Right? So you can't separate in worship The giving aspect. What we're called to do is give, and so we love God with our whole heart, with this in in full devotion. And our devotion is validated by giving. Now I'm not just talking money, although that's a part of it. Where your 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 treasure is there, where your heart be also. Part we we say when we when we actually when we give financially, I actually teach you and have for years that, that giving is not a business transaction, it's a worship transaction. It's worship. I actually had a hard time switching over to online giving. I, I, I had to be won over to its effectiveness for the kingdom on a bigger level because I actually liked going to the box back there with my tithe in my hand, and I would pray, and I would thank you, Jesus, for these resources that you've given me to manage and to steward, and I willingly give this portion back to you that belongs to you in Jesus' name. And I put that thing in. I did. I used to do that for years and years, my staff, because I'd come in before church started and do that. Because it was a worship transit. It was my giving. That can be a lot of different things in our lives. Uh, Here's the second thing. Love God with all your soul. This is about, this is kind of the, the passions of your life. And I'll unpack the scripture in a second. But Matthew 6, 6 says, But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Remember that. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. Now, it's interesting that, I think it's interesting that many love God differently than we love each other. Did you hear what I said, everybody? We sometimes love God differently than we love each other. What's up with that? Personal revelation, you know, that I had many, many years ago. I was, I was down in the basement of my home, and I was praying, and I was seeking God, and I, I actually got honest with God. Imagine that in prayer. You get honest with God. It's just a suggestion. You might want to think about that you know, otherwise it's just religious, right, and they got honest with God, because I was, I was listening through the floorboards, and I could hear my family having fun, and playing games, and my thoughts were saying something, I decided to speak it out loud, I said, I'd actually rather be upstairs with the kids right now, and I heard the voice of God respond, if you treated me like you treat your family, you'd want to stay, See, a lot of things that we have happen in our life is because we treat Him differently than we treat the people that we say we love here, in the here and now, in the face-to-face, the people with skin on. A lot of times it happens in our language, you know. We talk to God in, in uh, uh, this happens a lot with Christians, I call it King James, you know what I mean? You know, oh, Heavenly Father, Lord Godeth, you know. I mean, we'll pray, we'll pray and we'll say, Father, Lord, Jesus, God, 12 times in three sentences. You know what I'm saying? What if I said, hey, Josh, Josh, I want to talk to you, Josh, about what are the things that are going on in your life? Josh, Josh, what's up with that phone? Josh, Josh, hey, Josh, 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 Jesus, Josh, Jesus, Josh, Lord, Savior, Josh. <laughs> what? We don't even talk to God like a person. We don't realize that. I think God wants us just, good morning, God. Good morning, Holy Spirit. I invite you into my day today, you know? I want to walk and talk with you like, like, like Adam did and like Enoch did in the cool of the day. I want to I wanna keep you in every aspect of my life. And can I tell you something that's going on, God? Oh, yeah, you already know. You already know. Oh, you actually still want to hear about it. Okay, let me tell you, God. It's cool. Have a seat. You know what I'm saying? Let me tell you something. Want a cup of coffee? Oh, you don't drink coffee. Okay, let's... But the point is, when you get more comfortable with that kind of intimacy in private, listen, 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 it will change everything that happens here in public. See, my personal opinion is, The elevation or the height we go here tonight is connected to the elevations and heights we went to by ourselves on the mountain of God. How high did you climb when you were all by yourself in worship will determine how high we go together as a body. I told the team back there, I said, the weight's not on me to bring the fire of God and whatever, some huge move of God. The weight's on us. God responds... To his people. He inhabits the praises of not one person, but his what? His people. His people. Say, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm people, you're people. Okay. So so do you enjoy your time with God? Don't answer this question, but but just think about this. Are you like me in the basement? Is it kind of like how's the 21 days been? Has it been like click? I got, you know, 30 minutes. Okay, let's see how much I can get done. Where's my journal? Where's my 16 books? I'll go over here. Oh, I'm going to use my NLT today, and I'm going to use my NKJV today. And, uh, you know, where's my Joyce Meyer? All right, and I'm going to put my music on. And I can do this, and you do that for a little while, and you write a couple things, and you got a verse, and it's exciting, and then click, done, off to work. Is your relationship with God kind of like stopwatch-like? What if we did that with the people in our lives? Okay, Stace, I need to talk to you for a second about a few things that are important to me. You got some things to talk to me about? Yeah, I do. Okay, go. <laughs> go. You got, you, got, you got 30 minutes, you know what I mean? I'm on a schedule, you know? Now, how many of you know sometimes we do do that, right? <laughs> and it don't go that well. <laughs> At least not in my house. <laughs> you know? So, because she wants, she wants my time and she wants my attention. And, I, and sometimes I need her time and her attention. And, and, and we aren't thinking that way sometimes with God. We're just click, 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 you know. I encourage you to fall in love with Him again. Day 22, come on, somebody. I pray that day 22 be the best year for you. You're starting again tomorrow. A fresh word, a fresh conversation with God, a fresh breath of air in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, man, I just, when I got this revelation, it changed everything for me as a Christian. I just, I just started talking to God throughout the day. I used to read this book over and over again by Brother Lawrence. It was called Practicing the Presence of God. It's this little itty-bitty book. And this guy just talked about how the presence of God just isn't in here in church, and it's just not, you know, some holy place on, on some mountain somewhere. No, he actually was doing the dishes, cleaning dishes. And he was inviting the presence of God into his workplace and experiencing the anointing and presence of God in his every behavior, his every experience, his every moment. See, God wants to be part of your life. He wants to be first in your finances. He wants to be first in your interests. That means all the things that are important to you, they're important to him. Include him. Right? We don't think sometimes about that. Oh, now I'm going I'm to watch a movie. Now I'm going to go hang out with my friends and play ball. Now I'm going to go to... Well, I think he's saying, can I come? No, 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 no. Click. No, 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 no. We'll get back to you. I spent time with you this morning. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Oh, okay then. Then don't ask me to come into your world when it's not on my schedule or my agenda. Maybe that will be a problem. You know, my wife and I, when we were college, we used to talk on the phone. Uh, with full schedule, full classes, till three in the morning. Baby, just tell me that one more time. How cute am I? How, how, how much do you love me, baby? Can you just tell me that one more time? Give it to me one more time. Sorry. You know? And I'd be singing like Luther Vandross to her, like 2 a.m., you know? Come on, somebody. It was good. But... um where was I? <laughs> I did that on purpose. Anyway, um, but, you know, when you, when, when you think about some of those days in your life, you remember those days uh, when you get up early, you know, and, and go to breakfast. You want to get up and go to, go to breakfast? I mean, we were just up till 3 in the morning the night before, but we couldn't wait to get up and see each other again. We've only been apart for four hours, people. You know, but it was like, oh, the Separation. I don't think I can live another moment without you. Let's go get eggs and bacon. You know what I mean? It just seems holy, you know? Let God consume your passion like that again. Include him in all aspects of your life. You'd be amazed how much it will change your appetite for him. And the response will be the anointing upon your life. David, David in the Bible is the best at this. He was just a man who did not struggle with, he didn't have intimacy issues. You know, if you, if, I think if you saw David and you came up to David, you would get, Troy's in the back there, Troy out. He, he's one of the best huggers because he doesn't struggle with intimacy issues, you know. Some guys, you go to hug them, they're like, yo, hey, ho, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they stick their feet out there. Yeah, whoa, hey, ho, hey, 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 ho. Troy's like, you know, come on, man, give me a big hug, you know. He's like, slap me on the butt, you know. <laughs> Go get him up there this morning, you know. Boy, you know, who? Hey, I thought, is that Troy? Was that my wife? I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Troy can handle this. All right. David was good at that, and some, and I think David, David, and I can't talk about all of this, but perhaps sometimes our. A problem, a kind of a little subtopic in worship is perhaps shame is a problem in our life, and shame becomes a barrier to intimacy. See, we we're struggling with some things we've done, struggling with some things that have been done to us, and maybe it's it's there. Uh, there there are other loves in our life that need to be kicked out of the rooms of our of our of our of our temple. We we we've. We've been, in essence, spiritually, even literally in somebody else's bedroom. And so now we can't go into the holy place, the bedroom of God. We can't go to the private places of God. And God can't come into the private places of our life because we've allowed ourselves it, where, places and spaces that should be private. Or we didn't allow. Somebody took that from us. And as a result, we have shame. And that's affecting our intimacy with God. In fact let's just stop for a second. Let's just do something for a second. We just close your eyes for a second? I just feel and sense the Holy Spirit addressing something. Right there. Right there. Right there. Right there. Just be still. I'm not going to embarrass anyone or call anyone out. But would you just listen to my voice? Just think about this. If the Holy Spirit is poking on something right now, he's putting, putting his finger on a spot in your life, and that registered with you what I was saying. It registered with you. Then I want you just to receive this. I kick out every demonic spirit that is taken not with permission, by violation, residence in any soul. To the person that thinks that's not me, maybe it is. If you have struggled with intimacy in some way, it could be because you have been shamed, you have done shameful things, and I pronounce in Jesus' name, freedom in Christ for you in this environment. You say, well, it can't be that easy. Just get over it. Yes, it can. Just admit it. I've struggled with that. You might want to say that under your breath or unto the Lord. I just admit, God, I release that shame in Jesus' name. Listen, I'm telling you, about 80% probably have some level of shame, including myself, I'm going to say that. Let's just do it together. I renounce, say that. I renounce all shame in Jesus' name. I give the Holy Spirit permission to come into my vessel. I open myself up to the Holy Spirit, and I rebuke and I resist all other spirits in the name of Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name, for every person who renounced that, I pray they receive Even over the course of this night, they have a supernatural encounter with the Holy Spirit. Greater, expanded, genuine, sincere, wonderful, beautiful intimacy with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Here's the third point. This is so good. Say, this is so good, Pastor. The third point is love God with your whole mind. Love God with your whole mind. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible, Psalms chapter 1. Blessed is the man whose delight is in the word. In it doth he meditate. Day and night he meditates. He shall be like a fruitful tree planted by the waters of the Lord. His delight, it says, is in the law of the Lord. On his law he meditates. Meditates day and night. That's talking about, how do we do this? It's talking about, are thinking what we're thinking about, you know? We don't. We're not like, excuse me, God. Right now, I'm thinking about you. You know, I've got you on my mind. But no, it's it's a preoccupation with God. And one of the ways that we show that we are meditating on God is when we when we get into His Word. So part of worship is getting into His Word. I used to love uh, to receive uh, letters from my wife. I still do. When my wife writes me a card. You know, she she never just signs it love Stacy. Love ya. Love ya, Stacy. No, 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 no. There's some good descriptive language in there. You know what I'm talking about, everybody? Yeah, like it's it's mushy-gushy awesome. And you know what? And this is maybe sappy and you can think what you want. I don't care, but I save all those cards. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And every now and then, when I'm feeling a little down and and, and in the dumps, you know what I mean? And I don't feel so handsome and loved, I might go back and look at one of those letters once in a blue moon. Come on, somebody, okay? So you don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, here's my point. God's word is a love letter. Sometimes I want her to read it again. (laughs) Be like, baby, look what you said about me. (laughs) <laughs> I think you I think you forgot. <laughs> I'm all that. <laughs> you wrote it. I, I proof. <laughs> see? But, <laughs> but see, I don't think we realize that the word of God is a love letter to us. Pastor, I, I never I never saw it like that. Well maybe that's why you're not having fun as a Christian. Because you never saw you never saw it like that. Jeremiah says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Romans 8 says, we've been made more than conquerors through him who loved us. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live the life I now live. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 1 John 4.14, we love him because he first loved us. So we love God with our whole mind by meditating on these love letters he's given us. When you know how much he loves you, you can't help but love back. As soon as I read that letter from Stacey, I want to find her. I want want to love her. You know what I mean? Come here so I can love you, baby. Because you wrote me a great note. (laughs) Why are you so happy? Because that note was awesome. Get home. (laughs) All right, final point before I get into uh, the marriage retreat. All right. I think this is the most important one of all. Number four, love God with all your strength. This is relevant to us tonight. And the worship team can come up right now. This is, this is, this is so important to us that we worship God with our, everybody say, strength. strength. Now, I'm going to make some points. I hope it comes out right. But in John 4, 23, John 4 has this verse in it, and it talks about worship. It says, yet a time is coming and now has come. Everybody say the time's now. Time's now. When the true worshipers... Okay? So there's some worshipers, they ain't true worshipers. That's bad you know, English but it's, it's good and it's true. There there's true worshipers and there's false worshipers. There's fake and there's phony and and, and, and there's a there's a pretense to worship. There's a lot of motions and, and and up-downs and turnarounds as I would say in the religious environments that we've grown up in. God is looking for true worship. One of one of the things that How do I say this? I I came out of an extreme Pentecostal environment. Please, please understand this. And there are some things about my moorings and heritage that I never want to let go. And you know what it is? It's it's relying on experiencing, relying on the power of God to solve problems that nobody can solve, only God can solve. And encountering the presence of God. I never want to lose that in our church. But what happens is many people are just simply going through motions they're getting all lathered up but there's no power and there's no presence because it's not true worshipers doing it it's a show it's a show how do I know because I would be out here in the show and then I'd go back stage and I could see those two things didn't connect Is everybody? I've been in some of the biggest churches in the world. I've been in in some of the most pronounced ministries. I, I, I was pretty much raised in the church. I slept through revivals, everybody. It's revival, it's revival. I was snoring under the chairs. I'm sorry, you don't sleep through a real revival. Nobody sleeps through a real revival. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so there's coming a time, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, and they're the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. He's looking for that childlikeness. He's looking for people that are coming to Him with their heart and and, and, and with with their their mind and, and and with their strength. The Father seeks that because God is a spirit, and His worshipers must worship Him in spirit and truth. Worship in the Greek is this word that... We started with, the word is proskuneu, it's a Greek word, it means kiss. How about, this is what God's saying, how about, it's going to sound a little odd, but hopefully I set it up okay. How about we make a kiss, kids? God's looking for this, this, this intimate expression between you and him. And it's like a kiss. It's not what you think. It's not go through the motions, get to a certain point, get high, get low, go. It's not that. Worship is nothing about formalities and, and, and liturgies and routines. It's like, it's just real, it's genuine, it's, it's demonstrative. It's demonstrative. Worshiply is, is, it starts on your end. It essentially is you come to him with your physical passions to God. You come to him, you offer your, you offer your body, as it were, to God. In fact, the scripture tells us to do that. You see, God is not looking for, in, in our church, I pray you get this. He's not looking for church attenders and Bible owners and Bible thumpers. And he, He's not just trying to get us to do a good thing. He's looking for worshipers. Every weekend, he's looking for worshipers every day when you rise in the morning. He's looking for true worshipers. And he, can, can he find one in you? Is a question I think he asks us. In marriage, when the pastor said to me on the day that the c- ceremony was culminating in the vows, he said, You may now kiss your bride. You know, I didn't say, No thanks, I'll, ha- I'll settle for a handshake. I couldn't wait to kiss my bride. And from that day forward, whenever I want to express or demonstrate my love for my wife, I will kiss her, I will hug her, I will pinch her butt. Oh, well sorry. Sorry about that. My bad. It's true though. I do do that. Okay? Because because worship is is physical. Does everybody get me? Okay? When we are demonstrative... Listen to this, guys. You might want to write this down. This is, this is a doozy comment. When we are not demonstrative, we become dysfunctional in our relationship with God. When we are not demonstrative, we become dysfunctional in our relationship with God. Many, many don't like this. Many don't believe it has to be done. But I believe we must worship God with our bodies. With our bodies, okay? Now... Worship, worship is is it's demonstrative and and that and love. You know why? Because love is behind it. Love is behind it. I think uh, I'm so grateful for our worship team. So grateful for David. I, we have our own David. We have our own David, the worshipper in our church. You know, he just worships with his whole heart. He has he's like taking the tiger. He has like boundless energy. You know what I'm saying? He is bouncing around up here like, like Tigger the Freaking Tiger. I love it. I love it. I love it. But you know what? There's a difference between somebody that's worshiping like David and there's somebody that's, that's not a true worshiper. You can tell. See, when David worships like that, like, I just think he just loves Jesus. He just loves God. He just ke- Love is behind his worship. Is everybody with me? Worship with all of our strength through expression. In other words, it should be something from the inside that is pushing outside. We can't hold it anymore. David was like this, you know. The real, the king, king David, not the real David. David's real back here. But King David. King David was like that. The Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament represented a, uh, uh, it was symbolic of the presence of God. What we want, right? And, and, and there's a story where the Ark of the Covenant had been captured back by David and the armies, and they were bringing it back to the city, to the holy city. And while they were bringing it back, um, th- th- they were so excited to have the presence of God back in the camp that they, every six steps they would they would stop and they would dance. And 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 and, and, and you, if you touch the ark, you you could die. That's how that's how how much honor and reverence there was. This there was this incredible tension between. This demonstrative relational connection. And also, this is God in the house. This is God in the camp. And this is the part that I don't know how to do. This is the part that I I strive to. There's no words for it. It's just we have to find the balance as a church of having fun and enjoying the, the people of God and loving people. But then there's just some times where it's like, Hey, 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 hey! God's here right now. This is holy. Don't touch that. And I, th- I think when David was doing that, he was taking six steps, you know, and he's one, and he's three, and he's four, and he's five, and he's six, and then they're like, na 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 can't touch this, na 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 na, can't touch this. And and <laughs> MC Hammer came out right back then. You guys don't realize that. That's where he got the tune. Okay. And he was trying to teach us something, you know? Dance with all your might. Don't mess with the presence of God. Don't take that lightly. This is precious. It's precious. It's like a fragrant oil and it's, it's expensive and, and, and it's not meant to be wasted on other things, but you can pour it out on God. You can pour it out completely, extravagantly on God. And other people, in this particular story, Michael watched this whole thing. His wife, Michael was a woman, in case you're wondering, that's the weird thing about the Bible. And so Michael's watching, and she's like, What, what is he doing? And he comes in the city, and he's like tearing off his clothes. And, and, and David, don't do that. And, and <laughs> I know you get excited, but that's not going to be okay here. And so he, I was actually worried when I was worshiping, my pants were going to fall down because of the fast. So I kept like, I kept like doing this, like, Hey! <laughs> anyway, Tony was saying, Pastor, that would be a really different service. I know. So anyway, sorry about that. But they're coming in, he's coming into town, and he's worshiping with all, he's just, just crazy, giving it to God. And Michael is like, what kind of fool? What kind of fool is that? What is he doing down there? And he was, he was, she was judging him. And sometimes that's what we do with people. See, I think sometimes she, she, she was focused on the protocol of kings, that kings don't look like what David looks like, but he wasn't concerned about protocol and proprieties. And when you're in love, it doesn't matter what other people think. And when it's really love, people are attracted to what they see. When it's fake and phony, people are not attracted to it. They want to like, hum, 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 hum. you know what I mean? I'm going to step over here. That person's doing cartwheels, and that's just straight up weird, okay? Because it's probably a show. you got to be careful. And I think many times we're like Michael. We're like, what's his problem? What's her problem? Why is he so happy? And look at him and the way he's acting. What I found is that many people, uh, you know, are, are judging others in their worship. And what that is saying, this is what I think it's saying is, they're just in love more than me. They're just in love more than me. That's what we should say. And I believe some, like I said already, are ingenuine in their expression. And there's, there's exhibitionism about them. There's types of performers. Listen, I don't want that in our church this isn't about see if it's real i'm just telling you people if we lift jesus higher and we worship him with as true worshipers people will want to come into a worship environment like that but if it gets weird and phony and fake and exhibitionistic and if it's about you and not about your love for him people are going to be repelled when two people really love each other and it's genuine and sincere you're drawn to that but when two people are mauling each other and just being gross and weird right you're like, yo, yo, hey. It's a difference. It's a difference. So be careful not to judge others who are worshiping. We love God with all of our strength. That's expression. So here's my summary: love, love with the heart that's just totally devoted to God. Love with the soul, that's passion. Loving with the mind, that's meditation. And loving with all our strength. That's expression. Would you stand to your feet? Let's let's just begin to worship God amen I'm going to pray and the team's going to begin to lead us and we're just going to see where the Holy Spirit takes us let me say this we could leave right now and we'd be blessed and that would be a normal service how many want a normal service how many want a next level service okay so 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 let's apply Let's apply what we've just learned. Let's give all we got to God. It can look different for you, okay? But let's not treat God differently than we treat, than we treat people that we say we love. Let's apply what we've learned. Let's, let's make sure that we're expressive. Some of you, don't, please don't feel judged, but if this is comfortable for you, maybe you don't do that. Maybe you don't do that. I'm going to give you freedom to move around, to get out of your seat. Come down to the altar if you want. Uh, Move. Sometimes that's, I have just found by experience. This is just experience, not control. It's good to move. It's good to do something you haven't always done before. See, something physical activates something spiritual. There's always a connection between the natural and the supernatural. And just tell God you want to make a kiss. Tell God you want to encounter Him. In fact, let's just raise our hands it's just a sign of surrender to God, and, and I'm just going to pray, and I'm just going to let the team kind of take over. Amen?